0: supply and demand, weekly export sales, and a monster-sized daily export sales announcement for soybeans. And none of it really helped to support crop prices. But if you're looking for the real star for sellers, look no further than the cattle complex. Live from the Report Day Afterglow via Farm
1: Journal broadcast, this is Agritalk. This afternoon, it's a conversation with Dr. Joe Janssen from the University of Illinois. Directly following the news, Oliver Slope from Blue Line Futures. I'm handsome newsman Davis Michelson, and now,
0: the host of Jeff Shafari. All right, Davis, hey, thank you so much. What a gorgeous November afternoon in northeast Mm -hmm. Iowa. 55 Mm -hmm. degrees, the sun is shining, and a little bit of a breeze. Mm -hmm. I'm telling you, it's gorgeous, dude. How are are you doing?
1: Carbon copy in the city of fountains. We're at 56 degrees Fahrenheit, sunshiny. People are smiling, birds are chirping. Even even the dogs are all getting along today.
0: I saw squirrels playing today. That's Mm -hmm. how good of a day it Mm -hmm. is. Mm -hmm. It'll warm your heart, too, (laughs) won't it? It sure will. It sure will. At least I think they were playing. I think Uh that's what was going on. Uh So, yeah. Hey. We had a crop production report today, had a bigger corn yield estimate, had a bigger soybean yield estimate, bigger crops for both, carryovers increased from last month for both, Uh, wheat carryover up. So you can see how things started to pile on after the reports were out, but before the reports were out, Mm -hmm. export sales report, the the weekly export sales report, really not too bad for corn and soybeans. Uh, And then a, Really, really good daily export sales report for uh, soybeans today. And <laughs> it, it it's almost like uh, USDA didn't know that that export sales, the daily export sales announcement was going to be made because of a change that they did not make on the balance sheet for the 2023-24 marketing year. We'll uh-huh. talk to Joe about that coming up here in just a little bit looking forward to the college roadshow trip over to uh, uh, the university of illinois and uh, uh, the conversation with joe jansen coming up here in just a little bit we got a lot of ground to cover let's get going
1: chip front month soft red winter wheat futures led the price decline in the wheat complex but still posted an inside trading day with a high range open and a low range close USDA estimates wheat carryover at 684 million bushels. That's up 14 million bushels from last month. Global wheat ending stocks were increased 560,000 metric tons from last month, but are still expected to be down 10.9 million metric tons from last year. Export sales of wheat in the weekend of November 2 totaled just over 354,000 metric tons, and that was in line with trade expectations. December HRW wheat futures seven and three quarters cents lower six forty seven and one quarter. These SRW wheat down eleven and one half five eighty and three quarters. December spring wheat closed at seven thirty four and one half. That's down a penny today. Chip.
0: Yeah. Anybody that's trying to talk a a price friendly story for wheat is leaning really hard on that ten point nine million metric ton cut in global wheat ending stocks from year ago as the reason for having a positive price outlook. Corn carryover
1: of 2.156 billion bushels is up 45 million bushels from last month. Supply was increased by the 170 million bushel increase in the U.S. corn crop estimate, and that was partially offset by a 125 million bushel increase in estimated 2324 corn use. USDA raised the national average corn yield estimate 1.9 bushel per acre to 174.9 Global corn ending stocks of 315 million metric tons, up 2.6 million from last month, and are up 15.8 million metric tons from last year. Export sales of corn in the weekend of November 2 totaled 1.02 million metric tons, with Mexico at the top of the buyers list. December corn posted the lowest close since September 24, 2021. Ouch. December, yeah, December corn futures 8 cents lower, 468. March corn down seven and one quarter to four eighty-two and three quarters. May corn futures closed at four ninety-one and a half, down seven and three quarters cents. Chip, I felt like a buck seventy-five was a little heavy, and here we are,
0: one seventy-four nine, bro. Yeah, yeah, there it is. And uh, it, it, what we've been hearing uh, the last what month is, boy, these yields are better than what we thought they were going to be. Where did all this, this corn come from? Stuff like that. Now, USDA increased total use on the corn balance sheet, 125 million bushels. We'll go through some of those changes because it includes an increase in in the corn export estimate. We'll talk about that.
1: Well, USDA puts soybean carryover at 245 million bushels. That's up 25 million from last month. The national average soybean yield was increased three-tenths of one bushel to 49.9 bushels per acre, that added 25 million bushels to total supplies and those bushels were added to expected carryover global bean ending stocks are expected at 114.5 million metric tons down 1.1 million from last month but up 14.2 million metric tons from last year export sales of soybeans in the weekend of november 2 totaled 1.08 million metric tons and that was at the low end of trade expectations however chip USDA this morning also announced the sale of 1.04 million metric tons of beans to China and the sale of nearly 663,000 metric tons of beans to unknown destinations. All that demand failed to support bean prices. January beans posted a high range open and a low range close. January beans, whoa, 22 and a quarter cents lower, 1343 and a half. March beans down 19 and a half. 1357 and a half in May beans closed at 1369 and one half down 17 and a half chip.
0: Yeah, definitely a tough day, no question about it. We haven't had to do this for a while, but let's go yeah. ahead and hold on to the corn and livestock news until we get through Oliver here. Oliver Bumped Slope it. Blue Line Futures. Oliver, let me give you the closes here. December live cattle futures dropped 505 to 17435. February down 5 bucks, one seventy-four forty-seven and a half. and a half. January feeders down 785 to 224.92 and a half dude i hate to do it to you but what in the world is going on
2: (laughs) well just uh i hate to use the terminology bloodbath but there's really no other way to put it over the last really couple weeks specifically in that theater market and i guess the we're just lucky enough to avoid uh expanded limits for tomorrow's trade so i guess uh that that's a silver lining into the weekend and with yesterday's price action in the fat cattle i really thought that that was going to be able to hold as a short-term low had a bit of a double bottom tested and held the 200-day moving average and a nice close yesterday but man they just took it to the woodshed again here in today's trade and uh you know they're just trying to flush out every last long in the market. And they're probably doing a pretty good job at it. Cause yeah. after you get such a sharp sell-off like this, you start to see risk yeah. uh, department step in and supports uh, liquidation pushes yeah. people out. And it turns into an emotional trade, uh, which yeah. sometimes turns irrational.
0: Yes, absolutely. We cannot forget how, about that. That's so important in what is going on. I think in the cattle complex and you know, th- th- live cattle are one thing feeder cattle are a different animal and with corn down as much as it was today, feeder cattle still just really got hammered. <laughs> There's not much support there? Wow, is there?
2: Man. I, I saw that, that, knee, oh, that knee-jerk reaction lower in the, in the corn market. I looked at the feeder board, and I was like, surely that ought, ought to offer some sort of support. But there wasn't wasn't a lick of, uh, of strength there. So definitely a caution flag, but I, I mean, we're every time you get this kind of a uh, knot in your stomach and this pukey feeling, I feel like that's the capitulation the market needs to find a short-term low. I don't know if we're there, but we got to be getting close here.
0: Gotcha. Gotcha. Good luck with Maryland tomorrow or on, on Saturday. Thank, thank right, you. Buddy. And you to BYU. Thanks man. All right. Oliver slope. We got Joe Jansen up
3: next.
4: The propane farm incentive program is a research initiative that provides farmers up to $5000 towards the purchase of new propane-powered equipment. In exchange, participants share performance data to make tomorrow's ag operations more cost-effective, more efficient, and more environmentally friendly with propane. Getting started is simple. Visit propane.com/farmincentive to see if you're eligible.
1: Agritalk is brought to you by Bex. From farmers' first pass in the field to the final pass at harvest, it's a game plan rooted in faith and belief. See why at vexhybrids.com.
0: All right, welcome back to AgriTalk. I'm Chip. Glad that you're with us on report day. Final, the final crop production report of 2023. Got to wait for the annual production summary in January before we get an update on the corn and soybean crops again. Uh, before we get to our guest analyst, Davis, go ahead and finish up those closes.
1: You bet. Well, let's talk cotton export sales. Yep. Weekend of November 2, 395,000 running bales, but cotton carryover was increased, 400,000 bales. Yep. December cotton was overdue for a bounce, up 163 today to one, uh, to 76.52. Uh, live and feeder cattle features a complete technical breakdown. December fat cattle dropped 505, 174.35. Jan feeders. Down seven dollars eighty five cents. Down to two twenty four ninety two and a half. And Deese hogs a nickel lower, seventy one forty five. The February contract was up thirty five cents, yeah. seventy five twenty. There, Chip.
0: I didn't know if the, if if you would understand what that that word that is spelled U P mm-hmm. uh, means, or even how to say it after mm-hmm. today's markets. Yeah, it's. Uh, I, but you you
1: did. Good. I sounded it out. Is what I did. Did you? I just pro- I hope I pronounced it right. I just did it phonetically. Yeah, yeah. Just kind of, uh,
0: that's why you're a prof- that's why you're a professional, right there.
1: <laughs> why I get the medium bucks, absolutely.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, Davis. This is cool. Today's guest analyst is kind of a uh, two birds with one with one stone deal for me. Uh, I've been wanting to get to know Dr. Joe Jansen from. University of Illinois, and this week's Farm Journal College Roadshow just happens to be at the College of Agriculture and Consumer Economics at the University of Illinois. Thanks to BEX for sponsoring that, and watch uh, U.S. Farm Report this weekend with Tyne Morgan. She will have the celebration from campus there at the uh, University of Illinois. Uh, Dr. Joe Jansen, assistant professor at the University of Illinois, joins us right now. Joe, it's great to meet you. How are you?
5: I'm doing well, Chip. Uh, great to be here.
0: Glad that you're here. Glad that you're here. Give us a little background. Tell us about yourself. First time on AgriTalk here.
5: You bet. Uh, well, have a strong ag background. I grew up on a farm uh, just outside of the city of Winnipeg up in Canada. Uh, my dad and my brother still still farm up there and uh, try and get back up there as much as I can uh, with, uh, you know, still you know three little kids and lots of things to do here on, on campus at the University of Illinois. Uh, most of my work kind of centers on uh, commodity markets and agricultural finance and really how is the price of corn, beans and, and other things affecting the ag economy here here in the yeah. United States?
0: Yeah, very good. Very good. So I'm just going to go straight to the lead. What do you think is going to be the the headline yeah. in Farm Doc Daily tomorrow uh, from <laughs> from the University of Illinois?
5: Uh, yeah, we think about this report, I think we've kind of we've talked a bunch by my colleague, Dr. Scott Irwin and others about sort of, you know, the, the what is the new normal uh, in, in corn and bean markets? Uh, and Mm -hmm. I think we're kind of getting kind of toward that place where, you know, the long run price level for, for corn is somewhere, something with a four in front of it. Um, that's not a, not a, a fun story to tell. Uh, but I think that's, that's the story that I think we have to tell And the last couple of years have really been an aberration, kind of a move away from that. Um, we're getting back to that place where we've got big carry out,
0: um,
5: And yeah, a corn, a corn price number with a, with a four in front of
0: it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I want to get into some of that uh, here in a, in a moment, but as long as I mentioned the farm doc daily, tell us about it. What I love about farm doc daily is I get to see some of your work and Scott's work and, and, and the others. uh, But Mm -hmm. it never fails to give me something to think about Joe. And I think that's, uh that's that's good work man uh tell us about the 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 service yeah
5: absolutely so farm doc as a as an institution has been around really since the late 90s when we thought about you know how can we take the information that we generate as university researchers and you know take it to the people take it to the people who can really use that information and you know in the internet you know era in the sort of mid to late 90s it was like Developing a website was a thing. And then Mm -hmm. there was this this next step, which was sort of uh, the kind of blog revolution that happened maybe in the early 2010s. And we started FarmDoc Daily really with an eye on like, you know, the news cycle is short. We've got to kind of, you know, bring people something new all the time. Um, And we try and do that with FarmDoc Daily, a new piece of original economic analysis every single business day. Um, It's a beast to feed, uh, but, yeah. uh, I think the, d- the demand for information is there. People want, people want up to date, uh, real analysis. And, and the challenge for us is kind of like, not just sort of telling people, you know, recapping, say recapping the report, like the report we got today, but you know, what does that mean sort of for, you know, yep. corn and soybean profitability going forward? Our most popular stuff is always, you know, stuff on, on farm management, um, uh, And how, you know, how should people, you know, how should people think about making decisions in the current economic climate? Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, Let's talk about that corn supply and demand balance sheet a little bit. And I want to see what you think about some of the decisions that that uh, the economists over there made, because we got the 170 million bushel increase in the crop. And then they went ahead and pushed total use up 125 million bushels. Feed and residual up 50 million. Corn for ethanol up 25 million in the food scene industrial category. And then this one kind of surprised me at this point. They put 50 million bushels on exports, took it up to 2.075 billion bushels. Um, What makes sense? What doesn't?
5: Yeah, I've been really skeptical about that corn export number for a long time, too. So I'm kind of with you, Chip. Uh, But you know, as we kind of get more information about what the, the export picture looks like, uh, we're sort of starting to get to a point where you can kind of project out corn exports through the remainder of this year based on, you know, sales we've got on the books and accumulated exports to date. And you get pretty close to a number that looks like the number that they put out. So I'm okay. I'm kind of open to saying I've, I've been proved wrong by um, export pace to date. I think we can get there. It is definitely not a China story like China has been absent from yeah. this corn market in spite of what they're doing on the bean side uh, there's really nothing there. Um, right. We can be I guess thankful that you know we've got great neighbors uh, to the south who really yeah. want to to buy. US corn.
0: Yeah, thank goodness for Mexico or there would be uh, there wouldn't be much of a story to tell which makes me th- which which makes me wonder where the heck is Japan? Where is South Korea? Where is Colombia? Uh, the Indonesia, a, a, the traditional a, a, corn buyers.
5: Yeah, I mean, you know, Brazil has moved into that space in a big way, and if we think that they're going to have a, a corn crop that's anything like the corn crop that they had last year, and if you know we see that you know rebound in Argentina corn production, which um, I think is you know given what the 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 absolute. Uh, you know devastation that they dealt with last year down in Argentina, uh, we're going to see a bigger Argentine corn crop. I think there's sort of maybe less of an impetus for some of those more distant countries to kind of bring in U.S. corn.
0: Right. Right. Um, before I get to a carryover thought for you from you on corn, what do you make of the adjustment that they made on the national average corn yield up to 174.9 bushels per acre? Uh, like Davis and I were talking about earlier, like the last three weeks have been full of boy, this corn's better than we thought it was going to be. Yeah.
5: I keep hearing stories like that too. Um, and I guess if you put enough of them together, uh, yeah. it adds up and it, it certainly did. Uh, it certainly did today. And that's kind of coming from a lot of different States. You know, we looked at, you know, you look at the state by state yield update numbers that came out in the crop production report mm-hmm. and, it's a lot of places that kind of got, got a little bump, uh little bump in yield, even uh in a state like Missouri that had kind of, you know, a pretty rough crop this year, all things considered uh, yield number there got bumped up, but you know, over 4%. Um right. So all those little, all those little anecdotes kind of add up, but you have to, they all have to kind of be pointing in the same direction. And it seems yeah. like they are in this case.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So USDA gives us a 2.156 billion bushel carryover for 23.24. Does that make sense to you?
5: I think so. I mean, we've kind of been in that place of, you know, two plus billion bushels. Yeah. If we're anything, anywhere in that range, like historically, we've got to see sort of price levels in the range, in the place where they're at, in the mid fours. Um, and there's just kind of, you can't square that circle any other way.
0: Yeah. Yeah yeah you went straight to price when when you started talking about corn and and that impresses me and usda gave us a national average on farm cash corn price for the 23 24 year four dollars and 85 now that's an average and it's a weighted average that means that there's going to be sales i should say that means there has been sales above that and there will be sales Mm. below that uh (laughs) just don't be that guy right Oh, geez. <laughs> uh,
5: absolutely. I think, the, you know, this is a game of uh, not making mistakes. And, uh, you know, the, the person who can sort of make the fewest mistakes is the one who sticks around.
0: Yep. Yep. That's a great point. Uh, that went really fast, Joe. We're going to keep the conversation going. Move over to soybeans for part of the conversation here. And Joe, I want to get your thoughts on 24 crop before we wrap this thing up. Let's
1: go to the markets page at profarmer.com and check today's closes. Where December hard red winter wheat futures were seven and three quarter cents lower at 647 and one quarter. December SRW wheat down 11 and one half cents to 580 and three quarters. December corn futures were eight cents lower today, 468. March corn down seven and one quarter to 482 and three quarters. January soybeans 22 and one quarter cents lower, 1343 and a half. The March contract down 19 and a half to 13.57 and one half. December cotton was up 163 points to 76.52. December fat cattle futures off 505, 174.35. January feeders off 7.85 today, 224.92 and a half on the close. December lean hogs and nickel lower 71.45. Get more market news every market day? Go to tryprofarmer.com, won't you? Opinions expressed on Agritalk do not necessarily reflect the views of Farm Journal Broadcasting, affiliate stations, or sponsors. If the world is your oyster, we've got pearls of wisdom
0: on Agritalk. Welcome back to Agritalk. We are in the middle of a conversation with today's guest analyst, Dr. Joe Jansen, assistant professor at the University of Illinois. Joe, there's one other item that I wanted to ask you about on uh, on corn, and that is that 25 million bushel. I think it was just yeah, 25 million bushels added to the corn for ethanol demand for the twenty two twenty excuse me, 23-24 marketing year. Are you seeing signs that justify that, or are they just adding on there because of the bigger supply?
5: Yeah, it feels like the latter to me. Yeah. It feels like we got to kind of, you know, piece together sort of how we're going to use up, you know, 16.6 billion bushels of total supply, yeah. um, and kind of parcel it out a little more on the export side, a little more on the feed side, and maybe a tiny bit goes to ethanol. Yep. Um, yeah. I don't sort of see anything big changing in the in the U.S. ethanol industry at this point.
0: Right. And you know, if they would have left price unchanged. And added that demand to ethanol, I'd be scratching my head. But they took the price down, the average price, down a dime, lower the price. Mm-hmm. There should be a little bit more demand. So maybe you know, you can connect the dots that way, I guess.
5: Yeah, I think and th- that season average price is always kind of a tricky thing to talk about because it does, like you said, reflect some sales made early in the year at some, you know, now what now look like pretty high prices. And some that I think we're going to realize, you know, going forward, aren't, are going to have to be made at lower price levels.
0: Right, right. Yeah, you know, I am absolutely. I'm going to switch gears on you, and let's go over to soybeans. I am absolutely, yeah, let's do it. Just amazed at the ability of that bean crop. Now, the the corn yield is one thing. That's pretty phenomenal in itself with the growing season that we had. But with the lack of rain that we had during the pod fill and the seed size Mm -hmm. building period for this bean crop to add three tenths of a bushel and take it up to 49.9 bushels per acre for a national average yield. Just, it blows me away. And I don't know if it changes the whole dynamics of the bean market at this point, but it, it kind of shifted the story for me. How about you?
5: Yeah, I think so. I mean, that it, it wasn't going to change a lot just because of the the size the acreage size that we you know, we're coming into this crop year with a you know smaller number of acres than than we've had in the last few years, um, so any yield change isn't going to kind of change the overall picture. But it is it is a big surprise to sort of see you know this this crop kind of getting a little bit bigger here at the end, uh, yeah. given the growing season challenges that you know we're experienced kind of all throughout the the, the corn belt yeah. and beyond.
0: Yeah you know and and you look at the map on on uh, the yields from from nas and there's some good yields out there and some really um uh, in important areas there's no question about that uh but those eastern belt yields uh awfully impressive what what uh was seen out in that eastern corn belt 61 bushels per acre in Indiana 58 in Ohio both of those are record numbers Illinois held on to a 61 bushel per acre, 58 bushels in uh, Iowa and Davis. I know that this is going to break your, break your mm-hmm. heart here a little bit, but Nebraska, my favorite bean-growing state after the year that they had, that's the state that reflected the really tough year, 51 bushels per acre there in Nebraska. So some interesting numbers. And, and were there – yeah, there were other – uh, record yields. You've got a record yield in Arkansas. We cannot overlook the importance of that. And then a record yield in Mississippi as well. So um, there were some spots that, that had that that good year going. Now on the demand side, so they left it at 1.755 billion bushels for the bean export estimate. I wonder if they would have gotten this daily export sales announcement that we had this morning before the balance sheets were done if they would have pushed that number up just a little bit, Joe.
5: Mm. yeah, maybe uh the the thing was that the export picture for beans was looking pretty dark uh yeah. before this the last week or so. and you know what we saw Friday, Monday, Tuesday in the bean market um, was really kind of the market pricing in a lot of this you know, that we talk about, you know, what's moving prices. It's not just, you know, it's not on the announcement. I mean, the markets kind of saw this coming a little bit, saw some yep. of these, uh, these splash sales coming and, and priced that in. And now the thing about that, you know, 1.75 million bush or billion bushel export number for beans is we kind of needed some of these sales to get there because we didn't have a lot on the books, especially from China. China seems to be much more kind of hand to mouth with, US soybean exports this year relative to previous years, we didn't the what was on the books going into this marketing year was was pretty was pretty soft. And yeah. we really needed to see this to get to a number anywhere in that approaching sort of somewhere even close to 1.8, 1.9 billion bushels, like we're sort of more used to seeing.
0: Yep. Yep. You mentioned the price strength that we saw late last week into early this week. Um and the, the story that was being told to go along with that price gain was look out, it's getting dry in northern Brazil. It is dry in the northern production areas of mm-hmm. Brazil. It's still too wet in the southern production areas. I think they were trying to make a weather story out of it, but in the but in reality, I, I think you're right, Joe. I think it was these sales and and uh, uh I think there's more to come. I think the US I, I think China bought even more than than what has been announced to this point. But If if the weather story does develop to the point that it's uh, that it's a market mover for for beans, can we stick a low in this market fairly quick?
5: Oh, that's a good question. Uh, I think a lot has to happen for us to get there. Uh, just because I, I kind of look at this as like, what does that overall South American crop size look like? And we've been kind of tweaking around the edges. Analysts kind of going into the report were saying, you know, maybe we might see a million metric ton cut in, and we didn't see it. Uh, Conab came out with their numbers, you know, yeah. just like, you know, people here in the US love to rag on USDA. I think everyone started ragging on Conab as soon as those numbers came out because they, they said, no, there's no way. Like I got this pic- these pictures of, you know, My drought stricken soybean field, uh, look at this. Um, So people like to rag on them just as much as they rag on USDA. But a a lot kind of has to happen before we get a real market moving weather story coming out of South America, in part because Argentina's production is going to be up. uh, So the overall South American crop is going to probably be bigger than last year, even if we see a little bit of weather uh, affect Brazil.
0: Yep, yep. You know, when I look at the the numbers, the set of numbers for soybeans, if I look at, to me, the biggest headwind for a rally is that global uh, carryover estimate of 14.2 million metric tons from from 22-23. Now it's down a million ton from last month, but still up 14 million ton from last year. That's that that's going to be something difficult to overcome and and to to build upside momentum in this market, isn't it?
5: I I think so. And and I mean for us here in the United States, I mean the other part of this is is obviously that you know we've seen real strength in domestic demand. That's a little bit unclear at this point to me. How 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 we can sort of maintain that strength? You know, we've been trading you know export bids here in the U.S. At a premium to Brazil now for since maybe early mid-January um Mm -hmm. that kind of continues I mean it's hard to understand how that's going to kind of you know support U.S. prices above where they're at we still have something to to do to sort of get that uh you know Brazil and U.S. bids to kind of line up with each other uh Brazil's been the cheapest bean in the world for for a year now um and and that's got to kind of like get priced out of the market too before we can really see something pinning underpinning us uh us soybean values
0: gotcha gotcha okay uh usda also came out with a longer range outlook for it and i'm I'm thinking about acres for 2024 uh they've got uh yeah so lower corn acreage expectations higher bean acreage expectations i think just based on what the balance sheets are showing us going in to the twenty four twenty five marketing year that's that seems to be where the market would want to lead us right
5: oh absolutely yeah we've got you know if you think even sort of like rough numbers you know 13 dollar a bushel beans and five dollar a bushel corn and you know not even there yet um that's a pretty strong signal to plant more beans the other thing is just the size of the us corn crop this year there's going to be strong pressure to kind of switch some of those corn acres back to beans get the rotation kind of uh working a little bit uh more in our favor um going forward so kind of all of that stuff kind of points to i mean something more like we saw you know in the last couple of years which is you know a much more balanced mix between between corn and bean acres yeah us national nationwide
0: yeah yeah but overall, they anticipate that both markets're going to have a cap on price potential. And we may be entering that period of lower prices, lower per acre returns, and just kind of a tougher scenario all the way around. It's hard to argue against that, isn't it? Yeah,
5: I'm not going to be the one standing up here and saying, no, you know, I, I be the Super Bowl. Uh, yeah. When everyone else is, is is going against that, I, I I'm not that guy. Uh, someone else can kind of can come on your show and do that, <laughs> uh, I'm sure, but uh, I won't be that guy.
0: Right, right. And and all in all, it it just uh, it points to the need to sharpen up your risk management skills, and and uh, um, part of doing that is paying attention to what joe and the crew over there are putting out in that farm doc daily give it a read it's uh it gives you things to think about throughout the day joe it's great to get to know you thanks so much for spending some time with us
5: It was a lot of fun chef thank you
0: you bet dr joe jansen assistant professor at the university of illinois davis and i'll be right back
1: We don't make the news, we render it. AgriTalk. And welcome to well, AgriTalk, everybody. Davis Michelson here, Chip Flory standing by somewhere
0: around here. I'm here. I'm You're here. here. We got yeah,
1: there. you bet. Okay. Um, you know what? Uh, I want to talk about... Some of these prices. I want to talk some of the global numbers too and just bounce them off you. I don't know if there's anything there
0: or not at all. Go on. There's one number in particular that just makes me kind of go, What? What? Okay. What? And this is getting down into this is deeper into the weeds. Okay. Okay. But (laughs) there's Wisconsin. The. State mm-hmm. average yield for soybeans in October soybeans, yeah, was 44 bushels per acre. Mm-hmm. In November, it's 49. Mm-hmm. That's an like an 11 percent increase. That's huge from last month to this month. What the heck changed so much in Wisconsin? Wisconsin. It's I a, I just. It's a valid it, question. It yeah. it. it uh, it makes me scratch, it's stuff like that that makes me scratch my head. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. It, it makes me wonder, okay, what exactly is going on in August, September, and October that we didn't know that all of a sudden turned into a 10% plus jump in the next month? And it it's outliers that like that. Mm-hmm. That I think, you know, if you're in a state and you experience it once it, from, from now on growers in Wisconsin, every time they see the number for their state for the next five years, because of this, they're going to say, they don't know what the heck they're talking about. Mm. Remember when, right. So it's, uh, that yeah. Head scratchers, head scratchers.
1: And it, it looks to me, I'm looking up at the uh, at the corn numbers here. Mm-hmm. I've got USDA cutting yields in Kansas down a bushel and Nebraska down a bushel. This is corn now, but some of these increases, man. Uh, Illinois up three, okay, whatever. Iowa up a bushel, Michigan up a bushel, Missouri up six bushels, North Dakota up seven. South Dakota up 5 and Scani up 6 bushels from the most uh, from the previous yeah. report on the corn yields there man they yeah
0: something happened same same head scratching what do we know now that we didn't know back just a month ago um some and you know th- maybe that's where we're getting the bulk of the stories the reports that we've been hearing for the last three weeks that yields are coming in better than what we thought. But Dr. Joe, Dr. Jansen,
3: Mm -hmm.
0: uh, made an excellent point when he said, you know, for those kinds of stories to make a difference, they all have to be pointing in the same direction. It's it's not like you can get this, you know, most of the states going this way and a few states going the other way. Now, Kansas, I think, is... Is an exception to it, and they were down a bushel because the guys out in Kansas all of a sudden were like, "Geez, we thought that those rains that we had early in the season were going to really help us out, and mm-hmm. we were going to hold on to it, and make a crop." And that water was gone by Colonel Phil, and and they they were going backwards into the into the combine rolling. So, yeah. Well,
1: and that that's that nets us a uh, twenty three twenty four. Uh price, according to USDA anyway, mm-hmm. four eighty five down ten cents from October mm-hmm. and a buck sixty nine below twenty two twenty-three, chip.
0: Buck sixty-nine on corn from twenty two twenty three. Yeah. Beans mm-hmm. down a buck thirty from twenty two twenty three. Mm-hmm. Wheat down a buck sixty three below twenty two twenty three. Cotton seven point eight cents below twenty two twenty three. Um I think we just went from flashing yellow light on the uh, the revenue outlook for 23-24 to you know it, the red light is starting to red light is starting to flash mm-hmm. on what it might mean for revenues in the new year. And Davis, I say that and. The, the reason I'm having trouble saying it is because I'm looking at some of these land sales prices coming out of North Dakota, South <laughs> Dakota, out of Iowa. Yep. And it, one of two things happened. They did a really, really, really good job of marketing and got it better than what they expect, got more bushels than what they expected from the 23 harvest. It, no, that's what happened. Yeah. They, they did a good job of marketing and got more bushels than what they thought they were gonna get. It's gotta be it right It's gotta be
1: it's gotta yeah. be because we haven't seen some prices are still popping up you know we've, we've got those aberrational humongoid sales a lot of them just sort of leveling off right now just trying yeah. to figure out what to do next. yeah I mean and if and if farmers keep showing up with cash bulging <laughs> out of top their pockets and and these auction prices continue <laughs> to climb, brother?
0: Uh, you think they just walk in with briefcases full of cash for these auctions? well that's what I would do heck yeah <laughs> a couple of duffel bags maybe love it uh tr- you, we started this whole conversation with the trends in the global carry is where you wanted to go let me let me just give you the year to year here sure. corn carry over up 15.8 million metric tons from last year to 315. we talked about beans earlier Up 14.2 million tons to 114.5. Now, here on wheat, it's a different story. Down 10.9 million metric tons to 258.7. And then on cotton, I think I can throw this one in there for you. Down 1.5 million bales year on year to 81.5 million bales. So, uh, boy, I tell you what, corn and soybeans have some have some issues to deal with when it comes to those global numbers man davis yeah, yeah. the outlook just staying warmer <laughs> than than normal well, november 15th yeah. through the 19th six ten day from the national weather service above normal temperatures over basically the entire country with the highest odds of above normal temperatures in the corn belt uh precipitation Dry, drier than normal in the northern production areas near normal in the central and above normal precip in the west and southwest production areas thank you so much for listening today thanks dr Jansen, for coming on come back tomorrow morning we got a free for all michaelson and me we'll be here